YouTube's broken tonight. No explanation. Hallelujah. It's all good. Thank you, Father. Release our media army. <laughs> Woo! Upon YouTube. Through all the cables, cords, satellites, electronics. And fix everything. In Jesus' name. Shooting for an hour and a half in here. No explanation. Everything perfect on our end. YouTube just can't receive the signal tonight. to the computer so we can upload it to YouTube afterwards. Father, we just cast off all these distractions. Any distraction that would ensnare the mind. And we cast it upon you right now. That we would grow tremendously in the glory tonight. <laughs> Woo! And our cares and our thoughts are not on anything else except you. We worship you, Heavenly Father, inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, and inside of our bones. The Word of God is fire inside of your bones. Jeremiah chapter 5, it is written. The valley of dry bones is tossed into the sea. If anything is a stumbling block, Jesus Christ said, it'd be tossed into the sea. You ever heard of the stumbling block called the flesh? He's going to baptize your bones in the crystal sea of his glory. 
We want it. We volunteer for it. Throw us in. <laughs> oh. The ocean of glory. Living under the waves of glory. Living under liquid love. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> oh. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob.
We entered in as he entered in because we are his body. We should have no darkness in us. You've heard the same for and no more. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in you and you in that body. There's four of you in you. You're not alone. Four and no more. If there's the fifth, cast it out. That's the devil. Loose. <laughs> come out, come out, come out. Amen. And throw it in the lake of fire. Bind it in chains. And cast it into the walls of hell. Angels of deliverance, angels with chains that are here every day at Joel's Bar. They'll come and bind up a demon when you're ready to repent. They'll bind it up in you. They'll be hiding in one of the rooms of your interior castle. I mean, every area of the interior castle of the soul where the light shines exposes reptiles. So you just go from constant deliverance. Every day, more and more deliverance. You don't focus on the reptiles. You don't focus on the demons. You don't focus on the lies in the rooms of the soul. You focus on the light and the expanding light of the glory. And you go from glory to glory, which is an ever-increasing deliverance in your heart, in your feelings and emotions. Amen. And the angels with chains, the deliverance angels, bind those spirits inside the rooms of your souls when the lights of the revelation of His love turn on in you. Amen. And where do the deliverance angels take the reptile spirits? The spirits of the reptilian race of the serpent in the garden. They take those creatures, those disembodied spirits that only find comfort in human souls. They take them and bind them in the chains. And those chains come from the Father. And those chains are for familiar spirits, religious spirits, poverty spirits, spirits of sickness and disease, deceiving spirits, foul spirits, unclean spirits, <laughs> binding them, and they take them right down through the gates of hell and chain them to the sides of hell and bind them there, and you're delivered. And there's one less demon on the earth and one more demon bound in hell that can no longer move and torment human beings. Amen. <laughs> you get deliverance, you get drunk. Oh my gosh. Deliverance is the drunkest. Listen. God will fill your soul with new wine. Every level of deliverance is a greater joy bubbling up inside you, overflowing within you. <laughs> Until your joy is complete and overflowing. Which means raised from the dead while in the body. of the dead. What dead? You. You. Preaching to you. You were dead and are now alive. But 
but beware that your life is not actually just religion. I meet people every day who say they're alive, say they're something. Listen, we're never something. It's resurrection power. The Holy Ghost is something. No human being has this. Until he's big and you're small, you're blind. You understand that? What is vision but humility? God being big, you being nothing, zero. A non-existent, passive-dependent recipient of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Getting more dependent. Talk about codependency. To be a Christian is to be the most codependent person in the world. A worst nightmare for those who are independent. Or take care of number one. I can take care of myself. I don't need the rest of the body. I don't need apostles and prophets. Out here taking care of yourself. Completely demonized. Defeated. <laughs> Lone Rangers with the tanto on their head, the crow's wings. Satan and his angels, a kingdom divided cannot stand. That person can't stand. How do you stand? Unity of our codependency. Father, I pray they may be one. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you understand what doing nothing is? Unless Jesus does it, you can't and you never will be able to, to do one step of the walk of Christianity. He's the wind in your sails, every single step of sailing. He's the stairway to heaven, every single step. He's the energy in your bones, helping you move upward. You understand what animates your body. Understand what animates your spirit. It's the grace of the Lord Jesus. And the more you are dependent on the spirit of grace, in your inner man, the greater your fruit production. Because you live in continuous absorption. That's the roots of David. What is the bright morning star? The fruit of the roots of David. The bright morning star is the transfigured soul by the roots of the spirit being completely dependent on the spirit of God. Oh. Holy Ghost, fill these bellies with your power. Let our minds completely depend on your power. And nothing else. Colossians 1, the superhuman energy which he so mightily works and enkindles within you. Another place, Paul, 
describing the same thing. It says the spirit of might is working in your heart. That's how you are coming alive from being a dead spirit to a living spirit. Angel-like sons of God, children of the resurrection. Luke chapter 20, it is written. Be a sponge for the spirit of might. Every moment is a miracle. Living dependent on the Holy Spirit is living dependent on the miraculous. 100% supernatural every moment. You no longer have natural experiences because the Spirit has overtaken your senses and you're no longer deceived. You are not a natural being. You are a spiritual, supernatural being of the glory of God. Justification is the first step of you realizing who you are. Sanctification gets the lies out. Glorification reveals you to the angelic world. Only in the third step of Romans 8, glorification, are you revealed to the angels as superior to the angels in power and ability by God the Father's DNA, born of the seed, sperma in Greek, of the Word of God. First John, it is written. How does the sperma of God grow up in your heart? By might, by the seven spirits of God, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and the spirit of the Lord. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Speaking of me being a spirit, the spirit of Jesus had the Spirit of the Lord on it. Therefore, I proclaim jubilee to all Israel. The release of captives from dungeons and prisons. The glory of jubilee, the seven spirits of God, is now inside a human spirit named the Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, died on the cross, and gave you his anointing so that the seven spirits of God can be on you just like the spirit of Jesus. On the spirit of Paul, on the spirit of Barnabas, on the spirit of John was the seven spirits of God called the glory of Jubilee. I release upon your eternal spirit the seven spirits of God, the glory of Jubilee. May you say with confidence, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. To what? To preach the good news. Deliver captives, heal the sick, raise the dead, drive all demons. 
How? By the seven blazing torches before your spirit throne. Seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians says. For what? For the seven spirits of God called the glory to do the work through your spirit. Amen. In the body, in the bones, in the brains, in the heart, in the organs, in the blood, it's just the superconductor of your belief system coming out of the spirit realm. Jesus Christ said in John 6, the flesh counts for nothing. That's the part of you that can do nothing apart from me. Dead work, strange fire, religious activity, sorcery, the light in you being darkness. Whoa, but when your spirit is attached to the vine, the vineyards of the Garden of Eden, the spirit life of God the Father in heaven, through the blood of Jesus, now in your earthen vessel, you can bear much fruit and fruit that lasts. Bam! Revelation 1, 
the words of this scroll, they will receive a blessing. No blessing read silently. Why? Because faith and salvation only come through hearing through the gates of your ears into your brain, activating your spirit, building up your spirit. Don't even waste one time of reading the Bible silently. It's worthless activity. Not one scripture in the Bible was ever written to be read silently, but to be proclaimed from the rooftops, shouted out loud, read this word, this verse, this letter, this epistle, this scroll out loud and hear the spirit and the bride say, come, let he who has ears hear what the spirit is saying. You can't hear unless it's shouted, proclaimed, and preached. Amen. It's time to get loud. Why? God is unleashing the seven thunders. What is that? It's your cloud speaking. Oh, and when God the Father spoke, they said it thundered. So it's no longer I who speaks, but the Father speaking in the cloud of my built-up spirit. How does your spirit get built up to become the cloud that the Father speaks through, which is called the thunder of God? Sons of thunder, sons of God, sons of God's voice in the cloud of your spirit. Hearing three and a half years, the disciples heard Jesus all day, every day, talk, talk, talk. That's all they did. Listen, listen, listen. Speak, speak, speak. Hear, 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 hear. Understand. Until their brain had no blockage to their spirit and the river of the washing of the water of the word could flow right through them. Unstopping the plumbing of the temple of the Holy Ghost. Bam! Garden of Eden, 
living in Song of Solomon made flesh reality 24-7 are saying... that they were hearing. They said to one another, Where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous power? By hearing, they said it was wisdom and miraculous power. Isn't that weird? What the heck? Who has ever called the preaching of the gospel miraculous power? You see laying on the sick miraculous power. Miracles, death raising. Everyone knows that's miracle power. Driving out demons, miracle power. No, no, no. They said the miracle power was in the preaching, in the word. Wisdom and miraculous power. It gets easier and easier for the priest every level of maturity until all your words are creative like God the Father who created the heavens and the earth with a whisper. Didn't even move a muscle, didn't move a finger or a pinky, didn't have to shout, yell, or scream, proclaim, whispered. And a hundred million stars were created instantly and are still burning as lamps to this day. See, that's the power of the word. That's the power of God's faith. That's what you and I are growing in. The word of faith. That requires less and less of your effort and the miracle power performing signs and wonders is in the Word of God preached and proclaimed effortlessly from the throne of God you sit on. That's Christian maturity. That's where you're going as your faith is perfected. Amen. Because it allows you to cling and retain control to your selfish nature. 
and religion is pure selfishness. Christianity is selflessness, a crucified, glorified life. The key is getting to the place where they can hear and acknowledge the miracle power. The wisdom so strong, it gets through the gates of their ears into their heart, bringing judgment to those that hate God and love Satan, called the religious. Because you bring in love, but they reject love, and they'll go the way of the fallen angels. It has to happen, and every mature Christian brings it into being, unless you want to have goats, tares, foolish, stealing virgins for thousands of more years. And I tell you the truth, the immature tolerated. When you were immature, you tolerated wicked people saying, oh, I just got to learn how to love. Love is judgment, buddy. Love is the throne of righteousness, the white throne, judgment seat of Christ. The white part of that throne is love. And it judges the selfishness of the wicked. They say, oh, you don't love me. No, it's my love that's judging you. You don't love God. If you love God, you would love judgment. But you love self and not God. Jude says, be warned of them. They'll be lovers of self instead of lovers of God. Who? False Christians everywhere. Claiming to be disciples, but living a Christian life of witchcraft, serving Jezebel instead of the spirit of grace. Paganism guides this Christianity. Number one problem in the world right now. Not coronavirus. Paganism poised as Christianity. That's the number one problem in the whole earth. You get rid of paganism pretending to be Christianity, the whole earth will glow like a star. Truth anyhow. Problem is, you and I both have some paganism to still get burned out of us. We're actually quite a lot less safe than we think we are. Humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season, considering yourself nothing, and the spirit of grace burning in you everything. That is a difficult consideration for a people so falsely blessed with material objects. Like that justifies your blessing. Oh my God. Coming into a full awareness of our nothingness is actual wisdom. Realizing the human nature is 100% foolishness and God is 100% wisdom and all you can do to gain wisdom is drink God and erode your soul. Erode it. Literally just burn it up, lick it up, wood, hay, and stubble, burn it up. There is nothing in there that stays and remains. Nothing. Just burn the whole human soul with the fire of wisdom until only Christ, our wisdom, 
remains. I no longer live. What does that look like? It looks like the wisdom of God burning through flesh with zero consciousness of self. Eyes of flashing fires. That person no longer has a self nature. That fire is God the Father behind their eyeballs. That's what we're looking for. When the Bible says test the spirit, check the fruit, the eyes are the windows to the soul. I want to see the fire of God the Father burning in your eye sockets, or I know you're full of darkness, 100% of the time. And that darkness is condemned, and that darkness will be beaten, scourged, flogged, and destroyed by the love of God's fire. Beaten, scourged, flogged, and crucified to death. You're welcome. That's how you get saved. Oh, this ministry's abusive. All the people been hurt by your minutes. Hurt your demons. Hurt your pride. Hurt that stuff behind your eyeballs that belongs to Satan. Because that's what the sword of the spirit always does. It kills Satan. Thing is, people don't realize they're full of Satan. We do. We had hundreds of demons cast out of us. Hundreds of Satan cast out of us. Burned out of us. Constant deliverance for decades to know the truth of how much deliverance every human soul actually needs. That's called humility, folks. <laughs> the only thing good behind our eyeballs is God the Father, and we already know everything else is Satan. Go ahead, cast it out of us. Please do. That would help my cause. You see anything wrong with anyone else and you're a real disciple of the kingdom, you will burn it out of them with the fire of your righteousness Otherwise, you're a hypocrite, accuser, opinionated, attacking people instead of actually delivering them. Get out of the way. Amen. In the words of the Spirit of Christ, ain't nobody got time for that. Christianity. 
Paul says, I know after I leave, savage wolves will come in and devour, devour the flock. Did they not devour all the flocks? Yes, they did. They devoured. I mean, Christianity went into the darkness for a thousand years, where Christians had the average life expectancy of 32 years old. So I hope you enjoy. Amen. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> we backslid so bad after the world got born again in the first coming of Jesus. Do you realize that? The darkness got worse than before. People had higher life expectancies before his first coming. A higher quality of life than the Middle Ages. Centuries and centuries later, after receiving Pentecostal glory. Why? We backslid. got seven times worse as a planet. And we're coming out of it the last 500 years. Since Martin Luther, since William Seymour, the Pentecostal movement 100 years ago in Los Angeles, which is really the reintroduction of the Holy Spirit to Christianity. Before that, it was practically unknown on the planet to speak in tongues. Now you got 100 million people on the planet speaking tongues. 100 million. I was in the Assemblies of God, they had 16 million within the AG, just one denomination. There's 100,000 denominations. My God, people. Fallen angels controlling the media through a tiny minority don't want to tell you. This planet is completely getting glorified and has been for decades. There's 7 million or something a year getting born again filled with the Spirit in China. It's higher than that. Millions are getting glorified. Millions. The Holy Ghost is doing something so powerful in our day. The most powerful time of the Holy Spirit of all time. The best wine for last. Right now. So don't look around you. You'll know by the power of the resurrection outflowing from within you. How do I know God's on the move? Because he's moving inside me. Like Jesus kicking in Mary's womb. Oh, the child leaped within me. That child is within you, leaping for joy continuously. Why is God moving? Because man is moving upward by receiving revelation through their ears, by hearing and believing. 500 years of ever-increasing revelation heard, printing press, Gutenberg, Books everywhere, internet now everywhere, that you can hear about the knowledge of the glory everywhere in the world now. This has never happened before. Paul said in Colossians, you believed in me even when you've never seen me. He never even went there. Good. I mean, how barbaric, how crazy is that to have a whole church in a whole city and you just have to send them little scrolls on horses to get the word there and they've never even met the apostles and they're flourishing by reading a little scroll in their houses. That's the church of Colossa. Now you got the internet, you got the knowledge of the glory in the seven thunders.
through all houses, through all cables and cords in the world. Nothing like this has ever happened in the history of the world. This is Daniel 12, knowledge shall increase. And not just the knowledge of how to do computers and all this electronics. I have to learn on YouTube. I spend an hour or two every day learning. And stuff's so complicated, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just so wild. <laughs> but the knowledge of the human spirit shall also increase. And the overflow of building up the human spirit is a better quality of life for everyone in the world. Glory to glory in the spirit, glory to glory in the bones and brains. And we will lift up the planet into heaven's quality of life called the Zoe life. It's not just about light, it's the quality of life. It's the quality of God's royalty, it's called royal power in the New Testament, royal power. You look at Buckingham Palace, you see the Windsor family, you see how they live. That's a type and shadow. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants every man and woman and child to live the Windsor quality of life. He does a royal life. You don't believe me? You don't have any revelation of heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, every single one of you live the same quality of life as Queen Elizabeth in Buckingham Palace. That's standard heaven reality. In my father's house are many Buckingham palaces. If it were not so, I would have told you. Is it not written? That's exactly what the Bible says. And that is an accurate interpretation of one many oh, revelations. Barani, uh, that's... Amen. An accurate interpretation. Because there are seven layers of revelation to every verse in the Bible. One of them is natural. And people want to leave out the natural and just be spiritual. These are the people that say money is evil and then have no money and are practically homeless bums. Suffering because of foolishness. Gnosticism. And error everywhere. Money is not evil. The love of money is evil. <laughs> Jesus had so much offerings coming into his apostolic ministry of kingship that he had his own treasurer. First of all, only kings in that day had treasurers. Scripture says he had a treasure. Don't give me this crap, it was Judas Iscariot. Yeah, it was. But he, maybe if he would have given the treasury to someone else, they would have became Judas Iscariot. Maybe it's because he had to hold all the treasury is what corrupted them. You ever think of that? Woo! He began to love the money because he's the treasurer. Yeah, that's true. Other ones didn't have any of that responsibility. They weren't tainted by the world's gold. <laughs> Still all betrayed them. Just not as bad as Judas, because Judas was the treasurer. Wow. Only kings had treasures. They couldn't handle that level of glory. They couldn't handle Solomonic wealth. They went freaking crazy. You have to grow in the wisdom of Solomon to handle wealth, or you'll get into idolatry just like Judas. Don't think you all wouldn't make the same mistakes. Love of money is the root of all evil. 
all humanity is evil. All humanity at some point before they get delivered by Jesus has the idolatry of the love of money. And I guarantee it, you, you and I are still getting refined in that area. Amen. Humble yourself and realize you are still growing in the humility from your idolatry. Wow. That's why Jesus didn't even judge them. He just let the glory judge them because anyone would fall into temptation handling millions of dollars without the Holy Spirit. They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. <laughs> and Jesus is the King of Glory, filling a nation. Literally, the tabernacle of David came with his first coming. In his second coming, it comes through us. So he had an apostolic covering of perfect glory over an entire nation. Palm branches came down. You understand what it means to be king of glory? It's sovereignty of glory, of light. All the stars, the sun, the moon is your clothing. That's celestial clothing of the king of glory. The glory, it says in Romans chapter 9, of the stars and the glory of the sun and the glory of the moon. That's what the Bible says. There's the glory of the moon, there's the glory of the sun, and there's the glory of the hundred million stars. What? That's the natural glory. That's your Solomonic wealth. And if you don't have Christ in your spirit built up, that will make you go crazy. That's why you see anyone that has external glory is a total idolater, a lover of money, a lover of self. Unless they have Christ in them, there is no escape from that idolatry. That's the glory of nature, the glory of creation, the glory of wealth. It's called the Kavad of God. <laughs> it's true. Solomon's glory. Solomon's Kavad. Now, Jesus said, one greater than Solomon is here. Solomon's glory was of the natural realm, equally to his spiritual realm. Wisdom of the Spirit and the whole universe of glory. That's why it says everything under the sun, Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon. Sun glory, moon glory, stars glory. It's not sorcery if you have wisdom. It's sorcery if you don't have wisdom. Because the only thing in there are going to be demons stealing the glory of the sun, moon, and stars, which is called the curse of the fall. Stealing the inheritance of the natural realm because you didn't seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Therefore, the glory of the universe cannot be added unto you. So people don't grow in spiritual glory. They grow in natural glory. Well, how do you grow in natural glory? By neglecting spiritual glory? Through idolatry which is Cain activity, sacrificing others for personal gain. Religious activity. He murdered his brother. Competition, envy, and strife everywhere in Christianity. That's Cain. Building up the natural glory at the sacrifice of your own spirit because you're sinning by murdering your brother by thinking you're better than them by whatever thing you got going on in your brain. It's all pride. It's all fallen angels. That is the sin you are dealing with in the world. Those who go after the glory of the sun, moon, and stars, which is all natural wealth, all favor of the natural realm, all the favor of the nations, the favor of men, the animation of your brain, the light in your eyes, the light in your bones. You know, what flows through your blood is, is light, congealed light. Blood is congealed light. 
There's the record of the stars in your bones because that's what animates you. You're a biological being and a spiritual being both. You're a spirit that has a body. <laughs> You're a mixture of the spiritual world and the natural world. Problem is, if your spirit doesn't have Jesus Christ in it, you're locked out of the spirit in the natural world and demons rule over your souls. Until we're fully built up in the spirit of Christ, and then we conquer the natural world and that's what's happening right now. That's what the manifested sons are. Full spiritual stature, therefore legally all fallen angels Satan and his throne and his kingdom, the kingdoms of this world. Satan brought Jesus up into a high lofty mountain and showed up all the kingdoms of the world and said, bow down and worship me and I'll give you all this. He said, get stuffed, Satan, and cast behind me. Shut up. That's what he said. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God alone. Amen because he was serving his father. He knew the protocol for inheritance. Wasn't like the pagans that go after the natural realm and by education and knowledge and just being a devil, selfish devil. It's by going after God, serving God in spirit, which is right here, your wind, where it's spirit is wind. You knock the wind out of someone, you knock the spirit out of them, they stop breathing, their spirit flies right out their nostrils. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Come on. Wake up. You serve God in your spirit. God is the spirit. Those who worship God or walk with God in union with God have to be God inside minded. They have to live out of the rich treasury of glory. <laughs> the pure in heart see God. You can't walk with God unless you see God. See God face to face. See him behind your eyes. God costs you everything. Every ability of the natural man, all the education of the natural man, all seven mountains of man's ability apart from God is the price you and I pay for the anointing of the Holy Spirit every day. What else are we going to do? Serve demons? Those are the only two options if you have any wisdom at all. There's only two trees in the garden, two kingdoms. Done serving demons. I'll serve God no matter how hard it is because Satan is a loser. I will have nothing to do with the kingdom of hell. I came out of the occult. I watched demons walk across my eyes. I had knowledge of the book of the dead. I had relationships with evil spirits. I've seen a lot of stuff in the occult that's unspeakable. I grew up in Egypt like Moses with the knowledge of the sorcerers, the necromancers, Pharaoh's house, Freemasonry, Jesuit sorcery. I grew up in that and overcame it to teach you the truth of the light and the darkness and to expose all the false light and all the knowledge of the darkness by the light of the gospel. You reveal Satan's deceptions. You set the world free. The Son of God is made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. 
So that means the light of Jesus exposes witchcraft, sorcery, fallen angel activity, pretending to be Christianity, nothing more than paganism, Galatians 3, 1, bewitchment, everywhere en masse. If you are not bringing it into the light, you are not practicing real Christianity. And the scariest thing is, most of the charismatic church does not practice real Christianity. Mixture, at best, mostly paganism. How can you say that? Because Jezebel teaches you the occult, which is how to do sorcery using prophecy. Balaam, son of Beor, false prophet. He was a prophet, but used his gifts for self. That's charismatic witchcraft. That is the main problem holding us back from revival in the world. You talk to people that tolerate external glory. Oh, they love the presence of God. Love the passion translation. I love the gifts. All this stuff every day and it's all good. But you start bringing the revelations of the sonship of God, Huyo's maturity, with the weight and power that requires the sacrifice of your heart for the river to flow out of your belly and to cleanse your womb with fire. These people freak out. There has been a day in ministry 15 years they haven't freaked out on me. They're freaking out on me today. Satan's a liar every day. Jesus is the truth every day. And this truth is a shock to the world full of lies. And if you can come to a place of humility, realizing all men are liars, and Christ in you alone is the spirit of truth, you can stay humble, teachable, hearing, and believing, and your spirit will grow. And only by your spirit growing, by eating and feasting on the truth, will you have enough spiritual strength and power to resist the fallen angels known as demons. Otherwise, there's this hopeless. These people have, have no fortitude, no armor. Any lie comes around through CNN that is believable. Oh, woo! Hey, guys, microchips and guillotines. It's the will of God for your life. <laughs> anything Barack Obama wants to do for us is God's will. I just believe anything I listen to on TV. Man, you need to question everything. It's wisdom to question me. It's wisdom to test every preacher, test every spirit, test every word in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Not in doubt and criticism and the accuser of the brother, that don't get anywhere. But like good Bereans. We tell you the truth, but it's a hard truth. Who can hear it? Those who love Jesus. They like the hard truth because the hard truth is a sharp two-edged sword into your soul, separating bone from marrow, separating your spirit from your soul, judging the thoughts and intents of your heart. I love it. That's why I don't react when people are all critical of me constantly every day. You don't see ministers treated like me anywhere, in any other ministry. Then it's like, oh yeah, it's okay to just publicly attack him every day. But we all honor Bethel. No one ever questions Rick Joyner. Got a thousand positive likes, all praising everything he says. No one ever 
considering him of idolatry or leader worship. 200,000 people liking his post. Not one accusation of leader worship. 10 people like my post and I'm accused of leader worship. How sick and demented is Satan in these souls? Absolutely insane. Why? Because the demons know if you actually listen to what I'm saying and believe it, you will come into sonship maturity. And that's what hell is afraid of. They're not afraid of wandered down revelation. They're not afraid of Bethel. They're not afraid of Morning Star. God bless them. I honor Bill Johnson and Rick Joyner, but they're not getting persecuted. They're on television. Tens of millions of dollars in donations. Hundreds of thousands of likes. They're accepted. Mainstream. Satan is afraid of the pioneers in the river like John the Baptist outside the church walls. Satan is afraid of a river movement that's not controlled by men and women. That's the second coming. That's the mandate on your lives. That's what brings terror into the prisons of hell and makes demons shudder. That you would rebel against charismatic religion. That you would rebel against the status quo, even the pinnacle of God TV, of what you've considered prophecy, of what you consider apostolic ministry, and go even further in the river of life to establish the church of the firstborn in heaven on earth, a mountain of transfiguration church, Mount Zion. That's what it's all about. That's the end of Satan's kingdom. That's the place of sonship inheritance. The shelterless mountain of transfiguration in the cloud of God the Father through sons and daughters who fully hear and obey. Why did Jesus climb Mount Hermon taking Peter, James, and John? Because he knew the Father in him and he could hear. And when he walked up, the cloud came out of his heart and spoke over his head, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. <laughs> they couldn't go there. Freaked out, went insane. They literally went insane. <laughs> they didn't have the capability of listening because only by receiving the Holy Ghost can you ever hear God the Father and obey. No human being can be a Christian. Not possible. Only 2 Corinthians 5.17, a new creature in Christ, all things new. Old things passed away. All things new today. That new creature is a spirit full of Jesus Christ, full of might, that hears the Father and obeys. Unstopped ears, unstopped eyes. Temples of the Holy Ghost. Not listening to any other spirit in the world. Spirit of Babylon gets stuffed, gagged, and drowned in the sea of the Word of God. We will open the nation's ears and they will hear. They will hear the sons of thunder in 2020. They will hear the seven deadly thunders. 
and they will hear it from you and they will hear it from me in a true royal priesthood a holy nation of new Israel you have been born again into the Israel of God Americans you are the Israel of God not Galatians 6 Galatians aren't even here anymore America's here Europe's here, Africa, Australia is here. You are the Israel of God. Will you lose your natural identity, your natural culture, and become members of the 144,000? That's what God the Father is offering you tonight. It's not a literal number, because a literal number doesn't need wisdom. Revelation says you need great wisdom. Now, one thing in Revelation is literal. It's all wisdom and great wisdom. It's an invitation to become an Israelite. Israelite means prince with God or son of God. It's an invitation to sonship, maturity, and the 12 progressive stages of sonship. That's what the 12 tribes represent until there's 12 stones on your ephod breastplate of righteousness, the heart of God, the tabernacle of David. Each and every one of you maturing to be priests of the Melchizedek order, literally Jesus Christ. Plural. Oh, only one. That's not what my Bible says. Firstborn of many. Jesus is God, creator of man and woman, Adam and Eve. Adam was called the son of God, if you read Luke's genealogy. Jesus wasn't mentioned there. Adam was. God's creation was equal to himself, the son of God, Adam. Second, Adam, Jesus, now by the spirit of adoption, you're in his flesh. You are becoming sons and daughters by believing the truth, by hearing and believing. Even though it's hard to hear, because religion wars against your ears every day to believe lies, false humility everywhere, false charismatic Jezebel activity everywhere. But if you can hear the spirit of God today, don't harden your hearts like the wilderness Israelites who died. We're not wilderness Israelites. We're promised land Israelites. Joshua and Caleb pioneers of salvation. Pioneering the 12 tribes on your golden ephod, your breastplate of righteousness. Bringing all of you into full spiritual stature by preaching from the cloud. Let it thunder in your ears. Let it thunder in your hearts. Let it awaken every heart to the voice of God the Father, to the brightness of God the Father's love. Let it burn all the darkness of pride, all the darkness of lust, and bring forth a holy people who inherit the kingdom of heaven, Daniel 7. The perfection of prophecy. The throne room habitation of the overcomers now in Jesus' name. Amen. Invest in that word and give a generous offering into that word for the salvation of your souls. Give at redletterman.com and be blessed. And we will see you tomorrow. Amen.